You are listening to The Winning Mind Podcast. I am Letitia D'Souza. I am a mindset coach and business strategist who has helped more than 1,200 people change their lives, their relationships, their businesses, and just win in life. There's a myriad of reasons why we're not winning in life. Most people don't really play to win. They play not to lose. And what winning really means is becoming a better version of yourself each and every day. We can do this together. Hey, it's Letitia. Hope everybody is doing great. Hope you're having an absolutely amazing day. It's a cold Saturday here in Atlanta. And um, yeah, it's like cuddle weather, chilly weather, like all that good stuff. I'm excited about that. I'm not excited about cold like ever. I was talking about cuddling and chilly. Let's be clear. So let me tell y'all something. I've been dating, right? And it's been an adventure. Like I've been having so much fun with it. A lot of women will say like, I don't want to date or I don't want to date online because people are crazy. And I'm like, well, shit, I've met more people crazy on two feet in front of me than I ever have online. But the one thing about online is that discernment. One message in and I'm like, he crazy. All right, delete, block, go on about my business. But one of the things that has been surfacing, y'all know I wasn't out here like dating. So, you know, I I just feel like I'm learning so much, not only about myself, but about other people. But one of the things that is like really popular is I will see people, I've had people reach out to me to say, hey, I'm ethically non-monogamous. And and I was just like, I'm sorry, you what? ethically non-monogamous. And I'm like, what what, what that mean? And that just means like, you're non-monogamous. You might be in a relationship or you might have a fiance. And that person knows that you are seeing other people, whether that, that means you're seeing other people romantically or sexually, but there's no deception and there's no cheating because it's just like everything is up front. So I've had people reach out to me to see if I would be interested in that. And I was like, uh, no, things ain't that bad just yet. Like, things ain't that bad. But, you know, if if if, if things get rough out here like that, I, you know, I might keep that in mind. But it's a no for me. And then um, what else? Like, this whole thing with polyamory or throuples. I had a couple reach out to me, and I saw this man on the picture with the woman, and I was like, I, I know. I was like, "Why? Who is this woman in the picture with this man?" And I read the description, and it was like, "We love one another. We are in love with one another. We're just looking for a partner." So they they wanted a thruple, and I was just like, "No, no, no. I'm I'm not who y'all looking for. So we we gonna pass on that. But this this is really a thing, right?" So I've just been like looking more into this because I've been seeing it so frequently, even like polygamy and polyamory. You know, um, polygamy, you know, is if a a man has multiple wives or a woman has multiple husbands, which is usually not the case. It's usually the man with multiple wives. Um, Or polyamory is is probably the most, what's the word, the most well-known version of ethical non-monogamy. But it could be like several people that are all in a relationship together. It could be a pair of two individuals, they might be committed to additional partners of their own. It could be one person is poly and has numerous partners, but the other partner might have. It's poly confusing to me because, listen, first of all, I ain't really a fan of nothing with poly, polyester, like nothing. So it, it it was just getting some understanding about this. But because it's just like such a frequent thing, 
I just really wanted to explore. When I say explore, I wanted to understand more because this leads to a deeper question of, are we really getting what we desire in relationships or are we settling for parts of what we desire because it would like mm, rock the boat too much if we just really said, hey, I want to be ethically non-monogamous. So I really want to see you, but I really want to see her or him too. I really want to explore my sexuality, but I love and am committed to you. Now, let me tell y'all, if you're a Christian or you're a believer, it's every, everybody going to be going to hell, right? With gasoline underwear, okay? But everybody doesn't believe that way. Everybody doesn't have that belief. And, you know, polygamy was was pretty frequent, just like, you know, even in the Bible. So, and then I was on TikTok and somehow I end up on Polytalk, right? It, there was a whole lot of stuff about polygamy and polyamory just start flooding through my things on TikTok. So I've just been like really interested in understanding like how this is really working for people. For me, I understand I ain't really that much of a team player. So if it's, it, I'm, I'm an only child, I'm selfish. In that regard, I was, I was raised where like what was mine was mine and it took me to my adult life to really learn how to share, but I, I haven't learned to share to that extent, right? Just like knowingly. So if that's what people are choosing to do, like open their relationships, you know, in my mind, if we're going to open it, let's open it all the way and close it kind of a thing. But there, there's a lot of people that are just like gravitating to this and saying they are shying away from breaking free from tradition and um, traditional models of relationships and doing what it is that works for them. And ethical non-monogamy is the thing that they consider to work because everybody knows what's happening. Nobody is in the dark, right? I want to know what y'all think about that. Is that is that something that you could be down with? Like, is your partner, can you see your partner as your forever person, even though you're not getting a, a portion of what it is you feel like you need in that relationship? Are you just really settling because to really do something different would, um, it would change how people perceive you? Right, to really live in your truth. And so that's what I find these people to do. They either just like freaks or they just like living in some level of truth that they say the traditional models of relationship do not work, right? And so I was just like, huh, I found that to be really, really interesting because it's just like, it's just like a thing. And so I just want to know what y'all y'all think about that. So I'm, I'm still going to be, you know, paying attention to that and just looking at that. In fact, I was having a conversation with this this guy that I went on a date with, and he asked me if I would be open to to Polly. I'm sorry, Polly. I'm saying, has he been like in my reading my stuff? I said, help me understand it. I said, is that something that you're into? Like something that you're interested in? He was like something that I was considering, but he was like the the challenge that I would be having is I wouldn't want somebody else to be with my wife. And I said, I see. I said, just 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 humor me here. Help me understand if you and I were together, the the benefits of me just committing to you if we're polyamorous. Why don't I just stay single and retain the right to do whatever the hell I want to do when I want to do it with who I want to do it with if that were the case? I was like, I'm I'm just trying to understand the logic behind like what you, you, like I'm not understanding it, right? I don't, because I, I can't see how it's it's benefiting me in any way. So help me understand. So like this this is a real thing. So if y'all single, you know, it might come up where somebody asking you if you open to EMF, no, ENF, no, 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 that's not what it is. Ethically non-monogamous, ENM or poly, just, just saying. So I'm just letting y'all know that. Okay, so 
something else that I've been looking at and paying attention to is, you know, there's a lot of um, a lot of women that are like having conversations around. Y'all know this whole thing with like Kevin Samuels and relationship gurus and all of this other kind of stuff, the whole high value, high value man conversation. And so women feel as if we are really being belittled and disempowered by taking information from people who don't really see us as the beautiful, you know, the beautiful women that we are, see us for really who we are, right? And so there's a lot of conversation around taking your power back, getting your power back and not outsourcing your power to men, if you will. So yeah, I've been paying attention to a lot of that. So what I want to talk about is I was looking at this and it was like, if you feel as if you are disempowered, it's not necessarily limited to women, right? But if you feel like you are disempowered in a relationship, in your relationships, in your life, then here are some steps that you can take or nine ways to get your power back, right? And so I want to talk about that because having your own personal power is really, really important. So the first one is going to be speaking up when something is wrong. How many of us disempower ourselves right there? We don't speak up when something is wrong. And a lot of times that comes from, you know, in our childhood homes, if we weren't able to freely express our feelings or if our, if our feelings were shut down and we were made to feel as, as, as if our feelings didn't matter or if they were insignificant, we've carried that over into our adult lives, our adult lives, right? And so when something is wrong, when something feels wrong, we don't say something. And we don't raise our hands and say, no, this is not okay. I don't like this or, you know, erect a boundary. And so we just allow things to go unchecked. But the problem is it stays within us. When we don't speak up, we hold that energy and we hold that emotion in our bodies. So speaking up when something is wrong is is very empowering and not saying something when something is wrong is very disempowering. But, and also we, we wanna avoid conflict. We wanna people please, right? And so we've been made to take on these roles that are working at, a, working to our disadvantage, working to our, yeah, right? Does that make sense? Um, so if something is wrong, raise your hand and say it. Be ready for all the smoke, but raise your hand and say it um, to, to protect yourself. The second one is going to be seeking permission. Man, how many of us seek permission instead of serving notice? We really want somebody else's permission to be great, to do the things that we've envisioned doing, to, you know, step up and step out in the way that we've always envisioned. And so we look to people to give us permission. We're not we're not overtly saying, "Hey, do you give me permission to do this?" But I guarantee you that if you if you do this, you look to the people that have a role of authority in your life or somebody that you you um are inspired by or you look up to and you kind of want their permission to go and be great. Listen, it's time out for seeking permission. How about just serve and notice? This is what I'm doing, right? This is what I've done and you don't need other people's permission to do that. Uh, here's a big one. How about this? How about going against your intuition? Going against your intuition. You get that feeling in your 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 gut, right? Something in the milk ain't white. Something is not right here. When I get that feeling, I don't always have to know what the something is. I just know that something is not right here. And the moment you go against that, you work against yourself. The moment you go against that, you work against yourself. Here's the other thing. 
if you feel like your your gut instinct might be a little bit off, you know, you know this this is this is off topic, but healing your gut is going to be really 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 important. Healing your gut because you have a brain and gut connection. And so, if you don't get the signals that something is off, something is not right, like I'm so in tune with myself that I pay attention to things and I'll be like, nah, nah, something about this just doesn't feel right. I can't always put my finger on it. It could just look perfect on paper. I can't, but but I will go with that. Mm-mm, some, something about this just doesn't feel right to me. And it will always unfold itself. So I am not going to go against my intuition. And some people say you can't trust your gut because it's based on like your lived experiences. And so you're only going by something. Listen, you can call it what you want to, right? But it it works for me. Um, going against my intuition, uh-uh, I'm not doing that. Every time I've done that, it, it it just did not turn out well. Number four, take your power back. Putting other people's needs before your own. Who is more important than you? Who is more important than you? You might say your children, your spouse, because you are a servant, and that's all, that all sounds good, but you need you. You need you to be well. You need your time, your energy, your attention. You need the same, if not more, of what it is that you're giving to everybody else. So if you want to serve and you feel like your role is a servant to other people, I'm a servant to other people, but guess what? I need me first. I need me first. I need to pour so much into myself so that I can show up and serve to the extent that I need to. So nobody is more important than me. For a long time, I used to be that way. And then it was conditioning me that that was selfish. But no, I had it right the first time. You're not more important than me. Your needs are not more important than mine, right? And so I put myself first. And guess what? I can show up abundantly, bountifully, ready to serve, ready to share, because I did not prioritize other people over myself. Here's another one. Playing small. I talked about this in probably two other podcasts. Playing small. You cannot play a role for long before you kind of lose, you lose sight of the role and it just becomes a part of you. You play small, guess what? You're going to end up small and you end up playing that role and you end up living that out for real. But playing small is very, very disempowering. Shrinking back, denying your greatness, diminishing your greatness. This is, let me tell y'all what I used to be guilty of. Diminishing my intellect or diminishing, you know, just just how well versed I was about certain things because it made people uncomfortable. Like I used to get things like, oh, you're really well-spoken and articulate in comparison to who, right? So it would bring attention to me in a way that made me uncomfortable. And so I would play small and diminish it because just to go back to a place of comfort, right? But I'm not diminishing my intellect. I'm not diminishing anything that I know. I'm not diminishing anything that I think. Let people deal with it. I'm I'm just done doing that. But we can play small. Act as if we're not as gifted as we are, as talented as we are, right? That's that's just robbing the world. That, to me, is selfish, playing small. Um, Because somebody needs you to be large. Somebody needs you to be large so that they have a model to follow, to know that whatever it is that is in them, that they, they can also go and do that in the world. So if you're playing small, you're robbing the world of a major contribution. Here's another one. This is number six. Waiting for things to be perfect. I am a recovering perfectionist. 
I would say recovered, right? Things always needed to be perfect before I would do something, before I would pull the plug, before I would execute. And guess what? It just delayed things forever and ever and ever. So I'm going to tell y'all, I was talking to one of my clients the other day. When she hears this, she will know it's her. It's not a big deal. But recording some videos um, for her social media, and the videos were supposed to be sent to me. Like, you know, I will look at them and give them my feedback on, you know, hey, this could probably go this way, or you could say this or not say that. Well, I didn't get the videos, but it was it had taken her three hours, and she said she had literally a hundred plus videos, and she said none of them is usable. A hundred something videos. I don't know if she only recorded that one time in three hours, but I know they were like like one minute videos. A hundred videos, and you mean you don't have one usable one usable videos. This is what I mean by waiting for things to be perfect. So what will happen is she was gonna go and then like let me go re-record this videos. I said let's 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 not do videos. Let's let's not do this because we're you. The problem is not the videos. The problem is you. The problem is this waiting for things to be perfect instead of understanding that done beats perfect, instead of understanding that a messy start is okay, right? You just put it out there and you tweak it as you go along. So waiting for things to be perfect is not... A lot of people that have high standards and high levels of excellence are really closet perfectionists. So there's a fine line between operating in excellence and operating with the level of perfectionism, right? It comes from a good place. You want things to be good and you want things to be right. But when it becomes paralyzing, when you're missing deadlines, when you can't put things out in the world or get done what you need to be done, it's very disempowering, okay? Let's see. Um, Here's a big one. And I see this a lot. Playing victim to your own story. Everybody has a story. I said in other podcasts, like we all have a story, a story that's kind of like our, our our story of how we grew up. My mom and them, my daddy and them did this, and this is how the way that I am. And so then other people do this. We all have a story until you decide to rewrite the story, until you decide to, you know, add a different chapter. I mean, hell, write a whole new book. And so sometimes we can play victim to our story and it pulls us right back to spaces and places that don't work for us us. Like, like maybe I had a story of abandonment. Um, maybe subconsciously feeling like my father didn't want me when my my brother and sister were born or whatever the case may be, right? I'm, I'm, I'm making that up. I don't know. Maybe there's some truth to that, right? Maybe that's prophetic. Um, maybe, maybe that was my story. But now I can rewrite that story and just be like, you know what? He was doing the best that he could. He loved me with with everything that he had that was available in him. He was on his own journey as a man. And so he did the best that he could with what he had, what he, the tools that he had to work with. I can rewrite that story and not be a victim to the story that I was telling myself. So sometimes we play victims to our story and recreate cycles. And it's very, very, very disempowering. Okay. Here's another one. Um, I would say, Letting other people call the shots or outsourcing your responsibility. It comes from a very um, immature and like childlike place. I don't mean behaviorally immature, but like there are some times where I have people who get upset with me because I won't tell them what to do. Because 
They want me in the driver's seat of their life or me in the driver's seat of their business. And so then it exempts them from the responsibility of having to be choose and being culpable. It, it exempts them from having to choose and being responsible for whatever happens as a result of that choice. But if they outsource the responsibility to me, if it doesn't go the way that they desire it to go, guess what? Somebody is on the hook for that. You shouldn't me. No, 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 no. You take responsibility for your own life and you call the shots in your own life. In fact, one of the most empowering places that you can find yourself in is taking 100% responsibility for each and everything in your life. I don't care what has happened to you. Not that I don't care, like they don't matter. But what I'm saying, whatever it is, you taking 100% responsibility for how you're going to use that, you know, how you're going to allow or not allow that to shape you and shape the outcomes of your life. Don't outsource your responsibility and let other people call the shots in your life. It's it is one of the most, because guess what? If I'm in the driver's seat of your life or business, we're probably going to end up someplace that you just really didn't want to go. But by default, you did want to go there because you gave up the keys, you gave up the seat. So don't do that. Okay. The other one is procrastination, I would say, or procrastination is very, very disempowering, usually rooted in fear. Or I would say choosing not to choose. You ever need to make a decision about something and you keep putting off the decision and putting off the decision and putting off the decision, not realizing that you you are you are actually not deciding. You are just just moving the decision, but it's really indecision. And indecision is very, very disempowering. The most successful people, I use the word successful loosely because I think success is subjective, but I've read that the most successful people make quick decisions because you understand that you make the best decision that you can with the information that you have right now. And if that decision doesn't work out, then you make a different decision. You're not, I mean, you you don't, you, you're not imprisoned by decisions. So you can make a decision. Yes, I'm going to choose this. Okay, I didn't like that. And so now I'm going to pivot. I'm going to do this. But the more you make decisions, the faster you make decisions, the faster you will empower yourself with self-trust because you will learn, you will strengthen your ability to make decisions, but you will strengthen the fact that you can trust yourself to make decisions. If you are not choosing if you are operating in indecision on a regular basis, you're not going to trust yourself not only to make the decision, you're not going to trust yourself with that, with whatever comes along with the decision. Can y'all see how like these things are very, very disempowering? And I started off talking about women, but um, it, I mean, it can go for men as well, but especially for women, man, we are, we are the most powerful um, Women are so powerful. We are so incredibly powerful and everybody realizes it but us. If you are a woman, you are powerful. Life comes through you, not just physical life. When you speak, you speak life, like you create life, you nurture, and yet we've outsourced our power. We've disempowered ourselves or we've been disempowered through all of these other things, but you can get your power back. And here's the thing. This is not getting your power back. Um, how can I put it? Not like getting your power back in a way that is vindictive, but 
getting your power back in a way that is liberating, getting your power back in a way that allows you to be who you desire to be in a way that desires you to show up in life the way that you desire to show up. Not vindictive because of what somebody has done to you, not like a prove it kind of a thing, right? Not that. That's not my come from place whatsoever, but it's empowering yourself so that you can show up and do and be and have and look like your absolute best because you got the power. And the thing is, you've always had it. You've always had the power. We have always had the power and we've believed lies in a lot of the conditioning and things. And we've allowed people to make us believe that we were just like nothing, nothing, right? So I just, I just, listen, I want everybody to win. You know, the, the Winning Mind podcast. That, that's see what I did there. Yeah, I want everybody to win, not just women, but of course, especially women. I want us to win because when we win, our men win. When we men, I mean, when we men, not we men, when we win, our men win by default. We're the glue in many instances that holds everything together. And so when we are empowered, and it's not power over, but it's power too. When we are empowered, everything else around us is infused with that power. So let's take some of these steps, any of those steps that apply to you. And how about getting your power back? And how about never allowing your power to leave you again? The last thing that I will say is, Being a powerful woman and walking in your power and acknowledging your power, it can be a very uncomfortable thing. But get used to it like a new pair of heels. Break it in. You know what I mean? Break it in. Get used to walking in your power. Get used to being powerful. Get used to all of the the, the benefits that come with it and even the challenges. But you are a powerful woman and a woman and the world needs more like us. The world needs more women who will say, I ain't with the shits and I am reclaiming my power because my family needs my power. My business needs my power. My body needs my power. Like the world needs power and the the world needs our power. So fellas, I wasn't trying to like say that y'all not powerful, right? But it's, it's just a different, it's just a different dynamic when we're talking about women and women's um, disempowerment. And a lot of it that has come at the hands of men, but that's the, the whole different conversation. Like I said, this is not vindictive. This is not any of that. Ladies, I just want you to be as powerful as you can possibly be because, man, when we show up in power, things change for the better. I love each and every one of y'all. And um, let me know what y'all think about that, you know, the, 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 the polyamory and the ethically non-monogamous stuff. Like, I'm really, really curious to see. And if y'all want to tell me on the low, if that's kind of like the dynamic of your relationship, it'll be our little secret. I just, I just really want to know, okay? I really, really want to know. Thank y'all so much for showing up and sharing space. I love each and every one of you and have a beautiful, beautiful day.